This is episode 42 of the Delicious Talk podcast, the fourth installment of our Scandal series. In this episode, we're discussing season three, episode 14, Kiss Kiss, Bang Bang. So hi, this is Nadine in Florida, and with me today is Jaren, and we're going to talk about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And where can we find you, Jaren? My YouTube is Jaren Eileen. Eileen like um, the song, mm-hmm. and Jaren like Aaron, but with a J. And then I also have Twitter, which is Jaren Langford. Be sure to check her out because she does a lot of um, like weekly reviews on Scandal, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I do. All right, so let's dive right into this episode. Okay, my favorite scene is Rowan and Olivia's scene. Yeah. Uh, I just felt like it hit, like, so many points that it was just a combination of so many good things to talk about that we don't normally talk about. Right. And then also uh, the scene with Cyrus and Fitz, I think, is really devastating because I think people just, I think because it was Cyrus, people were like, it's Cyrus, whatever. We just have to, like, it doesn't matter. And then when he broke down? Yeah, to see him break down, I think... It really it allows people to see that he's really human and that like he is in a lot of pain. Even Absolutely. though he's caused a lot of pain, he's in a lot of pain as well. Oh my god, I thought that scene was my most powerful scene, my most memorable, because he had me crying. I mean, yeah. I, I I felt everything culminating on him because it was like this was the best thing that ever happened to him, James was, and he didn't always treat him that way. No. He took him for granted. He used him. You know, he abused him in certain ways. And now he's gone. And I think that just built up and that kind of pain rarely, you know, we work overtime to hide that kind of pain in ourselves. And for that to erupt on him in front of the world, you know, right there in front of the press corps was, was very... Um, remarkable. It was. And I felt it for him. And, you know, I just thought, oh my gosh, I'm crying for Cyrus. <laughs> I know, I know. And most people are like, Cyrus is so horrible. How can you have remorse? And I'm just like, but he, he I mean, if you're human, that is, human recognizes pain and that's exactly. just too much. It's just humanity. Yeah. And he knows it hurts him even more because of the way he treated James. Yes. Yes, you and know? it's just that, yeah, and it's that, and you, like you said, it's a wonderful idea of, like, you don't know what you have until it's gone, and then you understand that you took what you had for granted, and you can never have that back. So, yeah, that was, and then they gave us their whole backstory. Definitely, definitely. I think, because, and it also is really interesting, just, like, I talked about how it's so weird to see Cyrus kind of not being the dominant person in the relationship. I know, right? And, and he kind of, like, James is the one who was very dominant in the beginning. Very and, aggressive. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then and then to see that kind of switch over time, because, like, once Cyrus came out, then he was more comfortable with himself, mm-hmm. and he was able to kind of, you know, take charge, and it wasn't, he didn't have to feel like he had to hide that from, you know, anyone. Exactly. And so then that's when I think, I feel like it kind of evolved into James, you know, I'm gonna, James is going to make sure that Cyrus has a garden and... You know, keep a good eye on him and all that stuff. So yeah, that was so sweet. And the, I like the way he was nervous about telling Fitz that he was seeing someone that he was gay, yeah. and um, he didn't tell him. But it was so obvious, the like the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, you know when he tells him, you know, I'm seeing someone, and you know Fitz says, "Well, do you love him?" And uh, not him, but do, are are you in love or whatever? And he just never brings himself to say. 
you know, it's like, it's a man. I'm in love, you know. And yeah. then he, at the state dinner, he just drops him out there. I know. <laughs> I know. It's really cool. I really loved it. It was really a great story to see, even though it, like, we see it end with such a, you know, in a, such a horrible way. But it was a beautiful story to tell. Yeah. Um, and then also Fitzo in that, I don't, I feel like Fitz is so hypocritical because like when he's in that scene, he's like, that's all that matters. I'm like, yeah. And you're not going after the person that you love most and you're not, he's a, like he likes romantic things and he romanticizes a lot, yeah. but like he never comes through on it. So I'm just kind of like, you're like a dreamer, but you never actually push through and can make it a reality. So well, I don't really know how he can without just giving up the presidency. You know what I mean? It's like their, their conflict is just based on the fact that he is the president of the United States. When they got involved, he was running to become the president of the United States. There's really not much he can do to be, to leave his wife and be with Olivia. He was trying to make her, uh, you know, to divorce Melly and have Olivia be first lady. And I'm not sure exactly what got in the way of that. Again, I forget. I I think it was Melly. I just feel like, well, for me, it's just kind of like, I mean, he should be taking the necessary steps to be divorced. Like, if you're making out with your campaign manager and your wife walks in, you need to be taking steps to get a divorce. Um, I think Melly messed it up, though. Melly doesn't want the divorce. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, you know, either they break it off or they continue with this struggle until he's not president anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's really not much to do there. Yeah, I I don't really see him as being hypocritical. I just think he's stuck between, he's in love with a woman who's not his wife. And he's kind of stuck between a rock. But you know what? I can't wait to see how his dynamic with Melly changes when he finds out that his father raped her. And that their, their son might be his brother. You know, that I think is going to affect the way Fitz views Melly. I feel like, though, I feel like Andrew, if anyone is going to tell Fitz, it'll be Andrew. And he'll slip up. And I think Andrew's going to get really frustrated with Fitz, and he's going to end up selling Melly's secret, and that's how and that's how Fitz is going to find out. I don't feel like Melly is going to come to him and tell him anything. I, I, I don't think so either. But, She's not told him in all these years, so I don't think she'll ever tell him. No. Some other I, way he'll find out. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's still going to be resentment though, because there's still that side of you didn't tell me. So well, yeah, you know. but I'm just I'm going to be interested to see it play out. You know, that's yeah. what I mean. It's like that's going to be big because you know they're bringing the kids in this week, and yeah. I think that's where it's going with them. I hope so. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm excited for the kids. I really me am. too. I'm, me too. I can't wait. And then one of my other scenes, Jake, when he kind of threatens Olivia in a kind of a backhanded way when she pushes him, when she goes to him for answers and he says, look, I'm command. Hey, nobody's yeah. giving me answers. Hello, wake up. And she's like, well, what happens if I don't, you know, just play along? And he's like, well, people, bad things happen to good people all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're on notice. Yeah. I think that Olivia wants to pretend she wants, she wants there to be a sense of purpose of B613 or like, and but Jake has to because he is in charge of it. There has to be a purpose because then like what am I doing? So he created a purpose and like 
now he's going to do it himself because, you know, because he, it makes him better. But it doesn't make him any better. Like, when he rolled James over and was, like, talking to him, I was like, you are a cruel, cruel person, and I really don't like you. And I was just, I was upset because I felt like it was unnecessary to kill James. Mm, I think that, like, like Liv said, it's not personal. Anybody in that, if it were her father, he would have done the same thing because... It's all about protecting the Republic, protecting America and protecting our government and our political system and the integrity of it, even though it doesn't have any, but (laughs) they, you know, it has to be protected. And I think that all um, Jake is doing is stepping up to the occasion. He's doing the job. And instead of assigning people to go and do it, which he could easily do, he's telling her, look, I'm doing it myself. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it myself. I'm carrying that burden. But Here's my thing about that. I understand why they feel they would need to kill all these people who are trying to expose what Sally did and how that would affect the administration. Mm-hmm. But Sally is on the verge of Nutsville, okay? Yeah. And she can confess her grievous sins at any moment. Yeah. She's very unpredictable. So killing all these people, you know, to, to, to keep this secret that she killed her husband, I mean, really? <laughs> Yeah. Why not blackmail them? Why not find some other way to shut them up? Because she can talk any minute. Why not just kill her too? Yeah. Well, she I think almost they had... did it. You know, she almost did yeah. it at the at the debate, and I was like, so why not kill Sally too? <laughs> because they. I mean, I feel like they need her in a way, and um, and then also because she didn't confess, and they gave her that sign. So I right. think when you give her that sign, they felt like it was over. Like she's not ever going to confess this. No, she will. Given. I think she will. <laughs> And I think James and those two women will have died in vain. Yeah. Because she is going to crack very soon. I just love her campaign manager, though. I have such a big crush on him. I think he's so funny. And so I feel like he's running. He's he's trying incredibly hard. And he just, like... And he's just, like, coming up short. Like, there's just... Like, he's, like, wants more from Sally. And Sally's, like... I'm broken. And he's like, no, I perspective. <laughs> you're fixed. It's fine. Move and on. And he's with your working life. with Rowan. Rowan once fits not um, to out of the presidency. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out because I feel like Rowan will do anything necessary in order to get fits out. So if that means compromising his daughter, I mean, he even whenever they had that talk and he told her, like, he even was like you, you know, and his, and his biggest default is, is, you know, my daughter. So, right. I will use that to my advantage whenever I can, pretty much. I would not want to be Olivia Pope. I I can tell you that. I mean, when she was left sitting there on that bench and he was like, am I done? You know, am I done being a dad? You know, I just felt it for her, man. Like, oh my God, you sit there and you're looking nice in your designer duds, but I wouldn't trade places with you to save my life. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I mean, really, she's like at her wits end, but she's back because she decides, you know what? He's right. Everybody, you know, I have still have to wear the white hat. I got to find a way to wear it. And, you know, she, the other scene that was powerful to me was David and Abby. Oh, I loved, I've not been a fan of Abby. Is anybody, all our listeners who've listened to us before know, I'm not a fan of Abby, but in, I've changed my mind with this one scene. Her oh, character. Okay. Yeah. Because I loved that. I thought it was so pure when she holds his face and she says, you know, you let me share this with you. Yeah. And he and he cracks. Yeah. I love that. And and I thought, wow, that's really powerful. It was. I um I've always loved Abby just because I like snarky women. <laughs> uh, 
but I've always liked David and Abby together, and like I feel like their relationship is like semi healthy compared to everyone else's on the on the show. Oh yeah, so for I sure. I really enjoy the relationship just because I like I like the idea of normalcy and the idea of like two people being honest with one another and. You know what I mean? And, and that's what she was. And she was like, we don't lie. And, and you know, and I think that's what we're meant to do when, when the people we love are in trouble is to break that, to break them from keeping it to themselves and to break that wall and say, no, like, this isn't just your burden, but mine as well. Let me share the load. Exactly. So, and you can feel his relief. Yes. And then when Olivia and he and, and David met on the in front of the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> wow. I like that. I like seeing her come back and not be this weepy, lip quivering mess all the time confusion you know you like to see olivia in charge and i think but i think it's good that the writers are testing us just because like when somebody's going through grief or they're going through a mourning period in their life the people around you after a while are like okay get better like you know (laughs) you know you've grieved for a year get over it enough yeah that the truth is that you know everybody's grief is handled differently and i think that's kind of i feel tempted because i feel like oh my god olivia pope just just move on and become who I want you to be again, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think that them pushing that limit is really is really good because, you know, people do grieve on their own time and they get they get better with their own time and sometimes it takes years. You know, it's good to see her again, but at the same time, like, I feel bad because I have so much relief for the fact that she's back. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> finally. Like, it's like, it's a relief and it's just kind of, I don't know, it makes me feel bad that, I had this expectation of this woman that I should never have had. So well, I don't think so. I don't think it's that you should never have had it. I think that's what got you interested in the show in the first place was the, her character. Yeah. And it's, of course, we want to see her be three dimensional. We want to see her, her in a weakened state sometimes and struggling. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we love her because she is, you know, a master at overcoming that stuff and getting back in the seat, back, back in the saddle and that's to me when it gets really good when we see her fi- being a fixer and fixing things yeah. and so i felt like it kind of lost its focus a bit when it went off you know into being about her her and her parents and we're getting her backstory we wanted her backstory but then i just feel like we lost the whole you know the basis of the show which was her yeah. as a fixer and i was missing that now that is a great segue into mama pope oh my gosh i'm so excited <laughs> oh I, love mama I think she's so cool i was like oh my god you're such a badass like like adnan's leaf is scared of her she's like <laughs> She's in dealing with this woman, and she's like, Harrison, I need help. I don't know what to do. Okay. You, know? you hired the woman. Like, what did she hire yes. her to do in the first place? I'm confused about that. I think Mama Pope hired her because she needed the money, and she knew Adnan wanted back in. So she was like, I'll get you back in, but I need your money. And we're going to do this conspiration and get the grant administration to do this for us. No, well, no. Adnan brought her the money in the Gucci bag and said, when I hired you, something, something, something. So I'm like, well, what did you hire her for? And she was like, you know, talking about her taking down the plane. And she's like, basically, you know, a mercenary for hire. It's And so I'm like, well, what does Adnan, what is, who is she hiring you to take down? Yeah. Wow. And and Adnan looks uh, kind of like she might be the daughter of a sultan or something. Like, some, yeah. you know. And I love that she just, like, I think she kind of, like, went back on, like, she was like, maybe I shouldn't have made those feelings exactly. with this woman. Yeah, because <laughs> if she can just pull out a gun and just shoot a man, you know, <laughs> yeah. just, like, sending a message back to the actual person that was supposed to come and meet with them. I was like, oh, my God. 
Really? I know. It's not okay, and I don't feel like Olivia and her mother will ever have a mother-daughter relationship. No, because and her mother is, is, is evil, basically, yeah. from the way they're portraying her. Yeah. She's an evil woman. And then, like, her and her dad's conversation, he was just kind of like, well, you're, you know, you're the light, and I'm the darkness. You know, your parents are the darkness, you're the light, you're supposed to save everyone, so yeah. you're what we make up for, for all the darkness we create. I felt bad, because I felt like he was putting it on her shoulders, like, I'm God, but you're also God. I mean that's dehumanizing and that's not very kind. I mean it gives I mean it gives her her purpose back, so it does what it's supposed to do, which makes her you know finally put, you know get back in the stirrups and actually take control. Yeah. But but at the same time, it puts her in this position of like I I just hope she doesn't fall into the trap that if I can't save everyone, then I'm not doing my job right. She, and can she save herself? Because now yeah. Jake, Jake has made it clear to her that her life can be in danger if she doesn't stay in the straight and narrow. No one is above being a sacrifice for the in the name of the republic. You know, the but United I also States. think it's personal. I also think it's partly personal because Jake's a little stunted, be a little salty because Olivia's going to be with Fitz always. Well, that's true. It's personal, but at the same time, there's a job to be done, and yeah. and I think that's what he was pointing out to her. Yeah, and also like, and like her father pointed out, like he can't, she can't judge him for because yeah, she's been in that position. Exactly, she doesn't understand what it feels like to be. That, in that made position. me sympathetic to to Jake, to be honest. I, I mean, I hear yeah. you when you say you didn't find, you know, when he was the, talking to. Um, to James and, you know, saying, okay, I'm not going to let you die alone. It's like, oh, really? That's a very little consolation. But I just felt like, no, he's just stepping in. That's the role of command. Like, I thought whenever Fitz put him into command role, I thought that it was going to be like a... Like, Fitz and him were going to take down B613, because Fitz hates B613. But then it turned into Jake is taking over, and Jake is going to continue on with B613. But, but you have to remember that Fitz is even ignorant to the the extent of B613. He's ignorant to a lot of it, because he doesn't know that there's audio and video in the Oval Office recording everything. He's not yeah. aware of that. He's not aware of half the things that Papa Pope was up to when he was command. And you remember when when that character was first introduced and we had no idea who he was. And he was meeting with Cyrus and Cyrus said something to him and, and Papa Pope said, look, you forget I have no boundaries. Yeah. You know, so this B613 is even above the president. Even though the president appoints this command, he goes beyond. And I don't think Fitz is aware of that <laughs> because yeah. even his secret service guy is in B613 and he doesn't know yeah. that. I just I think for me I just thought that Jake was going to take it a different way than he did, but he took it and he's actually going to play the role. I think so. he thought he was too. But guess what? When they started briefing him, when he was brought all those files and all those security yeah. clearances and all that, his head was blown. Yeah. His head was blown. And I thought those scenes were very important because it showed that he saw now the, the, the extent of it. Even he got yeah. information that even Fitz doesn't have. Jake is like, Jake is screwed, I think. <laughs> I know. He's I feel like Rowan's going to kill him at some point and... Or somebody's gonna something. I hope I don't know. I just don't like him, so maybe I just want him to die. But <laughs> I, I like but Jake. I, I really do, and I like him as a, a counterpoint to Fitz for Olivia. That's interesting. Their relationship is interesting because I feel like it's like based on like we're both drowning, so like let's drown together type thing. <laughs> and, and it works because you get bored with Fitz and Olivia's same old cycle. 
So you, somebody oh, yeah. needs to kind of break it up sometimes, even though we know that their love is deeper, that, you know, she's always going to love Fitz more. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like Twilight with, you know, Bella and Edward. It's like, yeah, she's always going to love Edward more, but she's, she, she does love Jacob, but just not the same, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's not as yeah. deep. So it's the same thing with Olivia. So I think it just keeps it interesting to have that other serious True. love interest there. It does. And then we got to talk about Quinn and Huck. Oh. What the Huck? I did not like that scene. It was gross. (laughs) Exactly. It was grody. It was grody. It was uneasy because I feel like the romantic element should have been brought in before she went rogue. You know, I was was seeing it. I don't think it was romantic. I don't think it was romantic in any way possible. Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. Taking their relationship to an intimate level, I think that should have happened when he was training her, I thought I saw it coming then. I was like, Hmm, these two look like they're going to get together. But now that she's gone, you know, to kidnapping little boys outside of their schools, I'm sorry. I, I, I just can't. I don't feel like it would have, I would have ever done anything with Quinn if she had stayed. I think now that she has gone rogue and that she is her own person and she has made herself known. I think that what, that's what attracts him. That's what that makes the difference. And I like Quinn because I feel I don't know. I just have, I like Quinn. Yeah, I, like I can't all. like Quinn. I, I've been bored with Quinn for a long time. She's getting to uh, be a little more interesting now that she's yeah. going psycho. But yeah. When she, you know, I really, really wanted him to kill her when he came in the door uh, or when she came I, in the door and she goes, "Huck," I go, "Yes, he's there to kill her." <laughs> Oh no no! Yes, because because Quinn is just when she kidnapped that little boy, I really turned off from her. Really, that was it for me. It was like no. He's the last child. I love lost children. Mm -mm. You wouldn't love her if that was your son. That was awful. I might be bad at her. That was awful. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But yeah, and then the the last thing. Is Melly finally cheating? I am a person who believes that emotional cheating is just as detriment as as physically cheating. And I feel like Melly definitely emotionally cheated before Fitz did any type of cheating and um, with Andrew. Because confessing that to her, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong, and I'm not saying that she had no right to. I'm just saying that it was a form of cheating and that for her to feel superior because it was not sexual doesn't make it less painful for anybody in the relationship and it doesn't mean that it did not negatively affect her relationship with it so yeah i i mean i agree to some extent but i think that she makes a good point that when she had the opportunity to get involved with him she passed she didn't i mean come on i mean i i can totally see the position she was in and why she would have just blurted it out to him when he found her, you know, she's trying to kill herself. So it, it's it's a little gray for me, and, but I'm just glad that she's finally moving on. That whole oh, revelation yes. made me change, and I think made a lot of people change their perspective of Melly. And I find myself sympathizing with her now. They might oh, yes. put that on, the, on its head, you know, again, but yeah. I don't know. But right now I feel it for her because she made a decision to stay quiet about being raped by her father-in-law so that she could use it as ammunition to get Fitz elected as governor you know the one thing though that i would be disturbed by is the son not being my husband's and being my father-in-law's i I don't know how i could keep that secret if that possibility because it's a possibility Ellie keeps herself very close to herself very close to her best so i don't know why i feel like olivia is probably gonna find that out i think they have a like a sneak peek or whatever but 
Olivia comes in and tells Melly to put down the scotch and get some coffee and that they're going to have this interview with their kids. And Melly's like, no, we are not having this interview. And she's and, and Olivia's like, yes, we are. And Melly like yells at her and is like, we are not having this interview. So I think at some point during that conversation, it's going to come out and she's yeah. going to say, well, my kids hate me and one of them might not even be Fitz's. And oh my God. You know, like, I feel like that's going to come out and Olivia's not going to be able to tell Fitz and then, or she's going to tell she's Fitz. Maybe Olivia's the one who's going to tell Fitz, but, oh my God. um, hopefully it will, the whole entire story will come out, but, um, it would be different. It would be weird if it was Olivia telling him. But that might work because, you know, she seems to be going along with their Vermont agreement that they won't keep anything from each other anymore. So yeah. we shall see. I think this one is going to test her more than the last one, though. Like, this is going to, like, truly test her. Should I really help it? And I I feel like she'd keep this from him. Well, but I feel like she would know that if he found out she knew and didn't tell him, then, you know, I think she's going to weigh that. You know, like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now that yeah. I have this information. Yeah. I think somehow Cyrus knew that this was going to happen. Somehow. That's what because, a lot of people are predicting. Yeah, he said, sorry. He said, I oh. love you. And, you know, I okay, you're Publius. And you, but, but I'm sorry. You know, I brought this on myself. And I shouldn't have done what I did. And, you know. And he, the way he, it's like he was saying goodbye to Jane. Do you think you'll have less remorse for him if he's the one who caused it? I don't think he caused it. I just think he knows that what B sixteen, B six thirteen is, and yeah. he knows the position that this Publius is in. And I think Cyrus just has enough knowledge to know that James was in a very bad position. Yeah. Because he asked Jake to go kill Sally. He didn't ask him to kill James. You know. All righty. So I guess that's going to be it until next time. All right. Thank so you. thanks for joining me. And again, you can check out Jaren's um, YouTube channel, Jaren Eileen. Yeah. And come back next time. We'll talk more scandal. All right. Thank you. Bye. See ya.